Welcome to the community of Holy Stragglers. It's a place for people who seek to follow in the way of Jesus, at least most days, but who wander and wonder and straggle and struggle along. If you don't have it all nailed down, then you are most welcome here and you're in good company. I'm Peggy Hames. I'm a minister and a therapist and a writer, and I enjoy bringing all of those worlds together because sometimes it is the bumps and bruises in our... Welcome to the third episode in this series, I Am Woman, I Am Tired. In the first episode, we looked at how our lives are not like the the plates at the Golden Corral Buffet. We can't just keep piling stuff on them without taking anything off. In the last episode, we looked at why it can be so hard for us to say no and some really practical ways that we can start changing that pattern. And if you want those in a, a written form, want those... Um, those tips in a written form, just go to heartcallings.com and you can see up at the top of the page where you can sign up to get it. So today we're looking at some faulty beliefs that contribute to us being tired because we are working so hard all of the time. These beliefs are related and the first one is that we are responsible, we are personally responsible for making sure that everybody is happy. Everybody else's happiness is our responsibility. The second one is that we can't inconvenience anyone. So, first of all, we have to make everyone happy. This is, is laid on a, a faulty foundation that says that we have the power to make other people happy. And that's not the truth. The absolute truth is, is that each one of us is responsible for our own happiness. And now we may delight other people. We may do very kind things for other people that touch them deeply. But when it comes right down to it, each one of us has the responsibility for our own happiness. And nobody else has the power to make us happy if we decide to be otherwise. Let me give you an example. Say I decided to give you a two-scoop ice cream cone and a big waffle cone because I know that's going to make you happy because that would make me happy, which is is a story for another time, but it's what we wind up doing sometimes. We do for other people what we'd really like somebody to do for us. Well, I think, well, that's going to make you happy. But what if... You don't even like ice cream. I have heard tell there are people who don't like ice cream. Or what if you're lactose intolerant and you haven't taken any medicine and that ice cream is going to be evil in your system? Or what if you are just not in the mood for ice cream that day? So now all of a sudden you got this melting pile of ice cream that you got to do something with and you're not happy about it. 
we don't have that kind of power. Each one of us has to take responsibility for our own happiness. Now, of course, this, also, this doesn't mean that we can go and be jerks to people. You know, don't be a jerk. You know, don't say, don't say really ugly things to people and then say, well, you know, you're responsible for your own happiness. And if you're not happy about that, that's not my responsibility. Oh, goodness. I mean, I've actually seen people do that. Goodness gracious. No. What we're talking about here is feeling like we can take this global responsibility to make sure that every single person in our lives is happy. And what we we wind up doing is just running ourselves ragged. It's like when I was a kid, we used to watch the Ed Sullivan show on Sunday nights. And one of the recurring acts that he had was the plate spinner. And maybe you've seen this, or maybe you've seen this on YouTube. And this guy would come out, and he had all of these long, skinny poles set up, and on the top of them, and then he'd put on the top of them plates. And he'd spin the plates, and, you know, one plate's okay, then two, then three, then four, then five, then until he had this whole big collection of plates. And the only way to keep the plates from crashing to the ground was to keep them spinning. So the act was he was running around frantically, keeping all of the plates spinning. And if they started to slow down, he'd have to run over to them and and give it a good spin. And then that one over there started slowing down. So he'd have to run over there and give it a good spin. But that's what our lives feel like sometimes, that we are so busy running around and and. All of those plates are actually all of the people in our lives that we feel like we've got to go give a good spin so they can stay happy, and they can stay happy, and they can stay happy. You know, and and I think this is a particular trap for parents because it's hard watching our kids be unhappy. You know, and and sometimes like toddlers, oh, it is the worst because life is so incredibly hard. And they are just so miserable in their skin sometimes. So one of the things that's happened over the last generation is that because as parents, we did not want to see our children unhappy. We tried to do everything to make them happy, whether it was giving them something, whether it was making things easier for them, whether it was um, taking on their, their messy situations and cleaning them up. And you think, oh, that's a good thing. But what happened is, is that parents made their children's lives too smooth too easy and indeed in some ways too happy. They never learned how to deal with hard things. Um, there's there's a great article that came out recently about, you know, you know part of the this pandemic is that our children are learning 
how to deal with hard things, how to deal with life when life does not go the way you wished it would. They're learning how to be resilient. And that's important because we have this this generation of students, young adults, for whom they, they they did not learn that lesson. They had no chances to learn that lesson. Um, I was was at a banquet one night and you know, sitting at a round table and, and one of the people at the table was a longtime college administrator. And I asked him, you know, what are the differences over your, your decades of, of working in administration? What are some of the differences that you see in, you know, in, in your job? And he immediately said, the parents. And he had recently had had to deal with parents who were upset because their child did not get a high enough number in the housing lottery. Now, this college, like many colleges, have a lottery for housing because you have these super spiffy new apartment-style housing on campus, and you have the old dorms. Um, that, you know, may or may not have air conditioning and are pretty basic. And if you get a low number, like if you're picking 1 through 10, you're going to have your pick of where you live. And if you get a high number, you got to take kind of what's left. Well, their kid had gotten a high number, and they were not going to be able to get into the spiffy apartments on campus. And the parents were unhappy, and they were threatening to sue. That is not an isolated story. Professors will tell you about parents who call uh, because unhappy because their little Johnny or their little Susie got a bad grade, and they want, they want the professor to do something about that. You see, when when we go through life trying to make things easy for everybody else in our lives, they never learn that lesson that they are responsible for their own happiness. And if they don't get the dorm that they want for that year, they learn how to adapt. They learn they can either be miserable for the year or they can make the best of it. When we try to make everybody happy. We deprive them of learning those lessons. We deprive them of learning how to do it for themselves. Now, sometimes we try to make everybody happy because it makes us feel better about ourselves. And I, I talked more in depth about that, that link with self-esteem in the last episode. Again, if you were with someone for whom uh, not making them happy means you are in danger, physical or emotional, then reach out because that is not okay and that is no way to live. So we don't have the power to make everyone happy. Secondly, 
another faulty belief is that we shouldn't inconvenience anyone else. And the way we keep other people from being inconvenienced is by doing everything they need done so they don't have to be inconvenienced in doing it. My favorite story about this was from uh, an older woman who, who wound up in the hospital uh, because she'd fallen and, and nothing really serious, but just kind of some bumps and bruises. And uh, her her kid came in and, and found her and said, now, Mom, why, why didn't you use your uh, alert button? Because they'd gotten, you know, concerned kids, they'd gotten her one of those little... Um, uh, necklaces with the button on it where you could press it and, you know, EMTs would come. Somebody would come check on them. <laughs> and so why didn't you use it? This is why we got it. And she said, I just didn't want to inconvenience them. You know, that's, that's what they were there for. But that's the attitude that a lot of us have that, well, yes, that, that other person could figure out how to get, to get this thing done, or that other person could do it themselves, but no, we, we don't want to inconvenience them. That would be too much trouble for them. So if you feel that way, my question to you is, why do you always assume that other people are worth more than you are? Why do you always assume that someone else's time is more precious, someone else's life is more important, someone else's well-being is more important than your own? Sometimes people need to be inconvenienced because it is just a part of life. And then we get to figure out if we're the ones being inconvenienced. No, if, if I am inconvenienced because you said no, say um, my dog needed to go to the vet. And I said, hey, can you take my dog to the vet? And you have the gumption to say no, then it's back on me and as it should be because it's my dog. So I get to figure it out. Either I drop my dog off at the vet early or I take a couple of hours off from work and use some PTO or I change my schedule. I get to figure it out. And figuring out is not your responsibility. Now, it's fine if we say, hey, I I don't know how this is going to get done. Help me think through this. That's great. But help me think through this does not mean jump in and do it for me. When we feel like and act like, one, that, that we have to keep everybody happy, and two, nobody in our lives can be inconvenienced, and we have to make sure that doesn't happen, we are treating ourselves as if we do not matter, We certainly don't matter as much as those other people, and we are depriving those other people of things they need to do. 
we are keeping them from their own growth. You know, it's a story that's been told a thousand times by now, but it bears retelling, you know, of the butterfly coming out of the cocoon, which is like a slow process. But if we open up the cocoon, you know, go and tear it open so he can pop right out, the butterfly will pop right out and plummet to the ground because the butterfly needs that struggle in order to build strength in their wings. They cannot fly. If they do not have the struggle of breaking out of that cocoon, they do not fly. So if you are making sure that everybody around you has a soft landing, it's if you could. But if you keep trying to do that, if you keep trying to make the way easy for everybody in your life, you are not doing them a favor. You are not that powerful, and it does not help them. Finally, you know, Jesus was asked about what the greatest commandments were, and he said, love God. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And I would submit to you that if you are running around like a chicken with your head cut off constantly, if you are not giving yourself your own time for rest or refreshment or renewal or just, here's a thought, just plain having some fun, then you're not being very loving to yourself. So I invite you, if you are running around, if you are always tired, if you've just got too much, then step back and take a look. Where am I not loving myself? Now, I know I know these days, and it is September of 2020, I know that there are times that, that they are just hard times, and you got to work two jobs to keep your head above water, or you are juggling a job and child care, and you don't have a support system nearby, like you don't have family nearby who can step in. I get it. Those are hard times. Or you're a teacher having to reinvent your job. Or you work in healthcare and the patients just keep coming and they just keep dying and it is hard. Okay, I, I am not talking about those situations. I am talking about where we make our lives harder than they have to be. And in such a time in which there is a lot that's just automatically hard, we can't afford to do that. So I invite you, step back. Take a look. Are you operating with one of these beliefs? And if so, maybe it's time to start changing. Again, like I said in the last episode, start with small things. 
Start by giving yourself permission that maybe God did not put you in charge of making the world happy. It's just a thought. Just maybe, just maybe God did not give you that that job. And what would it be like if you didn't try? So, thank you for joining me today. If if you have found this helpful, I invite you to leave a, re- a review on iTunes and let other folks know that you found this podcast helpful, or share it with a friend. And don't don't share it with the the message of boy, you really need this podcast episode. But share it because you found it helpful for you. I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care.